You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're always encouraged to know God is changing lives through this ministry. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know and send an email to stories at wearetherising.com. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear a word from God. Hey, how many of y'all remember uh, the Goosebumps collection by R.L. Stein? Y'all remember that? Yeah, I love these books. Uh, these are like kids' horror books that came out back in the uh, 90s. Uh, that was in the, in the late 1900s. And it sounds, it sounds like a long time ago when you say it that way, right? The late 1900s. 1990s. Man, that was a decade, wasn't it? Like, that was the decade of the Super Nintendo. Come on, somebody. That was the 1990s. I, I, I think the 90s were the best. The 90s was the decade of Nirvana, right? Here we are now, entertainers, right? Love it. Some Nirvana. Uh, the 90s, man, that was, that was the decade that Ask Jeeves came out. Y'all remember Ask Jeeves? That was before Google. Uh, the 90s, that was also the, the decade of dial-up internet. And um, you, you, it, was, it was America Online and AOL, and you had to get all those free CDs so that you could get free internet. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you were just collecting those things like they were collector cards. Uh, some of you are like, CDs? What's that? And you're, you're, too, you're too young. You're too young. You missed the, you, you miss out on the good old days. But, um, but, but I remember when these Goosebumps collections came out, um, as a kid, man, I read all these books. I read this one, too. And I also watched a TV show when it was on, on TV. Anybody else? Yeah. They, uh, they, they actually just made a movie in 2015 about Goosebumps. It starred Jack Black, and I think they're making a sequel. Do you know the one person who shouted, they, they are making a sequel, right? But uh, so Goosebumps, man, I love, but, but one of the things that I loved about Goosebumps was the Choose Your Own Goosebumps books. Uh, these were different from the normal books in that you didn't read them from front to back, but you would start reading it. And then you get to a point in the book where you had to make a choice. And they gave you like two, three, or four options. And you made a choice. And, and, and you followed the story along wherever it went. And so you get to a certain point, And you have to choose. Do you go up in the attic or do you leave the house? And if you choose wrongly, then you might end up in a situation where a puppet comes alive and decapitates you. Or lawn gnomes stab you with their hats and you die. And it's like, dang, i got to start back over. But, but if you made the right choice, then you'd continue on in the story. And I love reading those books, but I always remember I was so anxious when I read them because I wanted to make the right choice. Like, I didn't want to come to a point where I made the wrong choice and then I end up in some closet and have vampire bunnies suck my blood and I die and then I got to start all over. So I was real anxious in reading these books. And so what I would do is I'd start reading to a point where I got to a choice and then I'd, I'd hold my place there. And then I'd go to the different pages of the choices that I had to make, and I'd read ahead in the story to see if I made this choice, where would it take me? And if it took me to death, then I was like, I'm not taking that. And so I went back and I made the right choice so that I could continue to live. And I always felt successful when I read those books because I was a smart little kid to do that. Either I was smart or I was just cheating the system. But, but either way, when I read these books, I wanted to make the wise choice that led me on a path to get me to where I wanted to go ultimately to life. I didn't want to make the wrong choice that put me on a path that I didn't want to be on that led me to a place that I didn't want to be, which is death. And as you think about choices, you know, each and every one of us, we have to make choices in our life. We, we make choices on a daily basis, multiple times a day. And the choices we make will put us on paths that will take us to where we're going or they've taken us to where we are now. 
And in a book like Goosebumps, when you make the wrong choice, I mean, that's not that big of a deal because if you die, it's a literary death. It doesn't really matter that much. But in real life, you and I have to make real choices that have real ramifications. And based on our choices, sometimes we suffer consequences. I want to I wanna tell you about this, this guy that I heard. He, he had to make, um, th th this guy that I heard about, he had to make a choice um, that really seemed impossible. Uh, his name was Thomas Anderson, and uh, he was a computer programmer. And there was a point in his life where he was presented with this choice. And what he determined to do would affect the rest of his life forever. It was a difficult decision for him to make. Um, but I want to I show you the decision that he you had to make. To Check this out. What it is. The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Offering is the truth, nothing more. Follow me. So there you go. Thomas Anderson, also known as Neo. If he had chosen the blue pill, he never would have become the chosen one to fight the Matrix, and we never would have had an amazing trilogy that confused the heck out of you, right? Choices, choices. But that's, that's a movie choice, that's a movie choice. In life, you and I, we have to make choices about real things, about serious things. Like I heard about this, this family uh, that was, their house is gonna be foreclosed on. And, and actually it wasn't just one family, it was several different families. Their houses were gonna be foreclosed on and there was a country club that was expanding and the country club was looking to buy up their properties, but that meant that they were gonna have to move and, and, and this was the place where they had grown up. This was all that they knew and so they were forced to make this decision, what do we do? And there was this, there was this kid in, in one of those families, his name was Mike Walsh, and he got together with some of his friends and they decided to do something about it. They made a choice to change their situation. And so they went on this, 
this journey, this, this adventure to try and find hidden treasure. And I, I know it sounds far-fetched, but they went on this journey, this adventure to find this hidden treasure. They didn't even know if it, if it existed. But there was a point on this journey where they had to make a choice, do we keep going or not? Because again, they didn't know if this hidden treasure was real or not. And this journey was dangerous. Like their life was in jeopardy. And they had to make a choice. Do we continue to chase after this treasure or do we escape the journey and move on? And they had to have a discussion about it. I want you to listen to that discussion. Chester Copperpot! Chester Copperpot! Don't you guys see? Don't you realize? He was a pro. He never made it this far. Look how far we've come. We got a chance. Chance at what, Mikey? Getting killed? Look, if we keep going, someone's really gonna get hurt. Maybe dead. Besides, we gotta get to the police. Maybe Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. I'm not a goonie. I wanna go home. God. But still, don't you realize? The next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now they gotta do what's right for them. Cause it's their time, their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. Down here, it's our time. It's our time. Down here, little Mikey Walsh and the Goonies. If they made the choice to ride up Troy's bucket, they never would have continued in the journey. But instead, they sent that bucket up empty, and they went on and with the help of Sloth. Hey, you guys. They went on to find One-Eyed Willie's treasure, gave it to their parents, saved their house, and the movie was great. But that's movie choices, that's movie choices. You and I, we face real choices in, in real life that have real repercussions. Like, like there was this one guy I heard of, his name is Clark Kent, and he had an ultra, no, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. But you and I, we face real choices that we have to make on a daily basis, and the truth is, the choices that we make carry us to the paths we take. Did you write that down? The choices we make carry us to the paths we take. The choices we make will lead us to who we're going to be. The choices we make will put us on a path, and that path will either get us closer to who we want to become or take us further from who we want to become. The choices we make will bring us to a path. That path will lead us closer to joy, or it will descend down into despair. We all have to make a choice. You and I, we have choices that we need to make. The choices we make will lead us to have help, happy, healthy, whole relationships, or they'll lead us to broken, empty, toxic relationships. You and I all have choices. And the choices we make carry us to the paths we take. You are where you are right now in this moment because of the choices you've made in life.
And maybe you push back on that and you say, no, no, no. See, you don't understand. I am where I am because of things that happened to me. I didn't get to choose some things, and that's why I am where I am. And I, 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 I'll give it to you. I mean, you, you couldn't choose what race you were born. You couldn't choose what family you were born into. You, for some of you, you couldn't choose where you were born, like where you grew up and where you lived. You, you, you couldn't choose if you were born healthy or unhealthy. You couldn't choose if that person abused you or not. There are some things that happen in our life that we don't choose, that we can't choose, things that happen to us. And maybe you say, see, I am where I am, not because I chose to be there, but because of something someone else chose, but because of something that happened to me. I didn't have a choice in that. And I appreciate the pushback, but you're wrong because no matter where you are right now, you get to choose if you're going to be a victim or a victor. You get to choose your attitude. You get to choose the next steps you'll take. You get to choose your perspective. You get to choose how you look at it and what you're going to do. And so if you want to play the victim card, that's your choice, but you don't have to because somebody else has been there too, and they rose above. The difference is the person and the choice that you make. And so we are where we are because of the choices we've made. Wherever you are, sure, some things might have happened to you, but here you are now. What are you going to do moving forward? You are not a victim. Actually, the scriptures say that you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. I wonder if for some of you, you just need to plant that in you and let that be your identity. I am more than a conqueror. And that person is no longer going to have control over me. Because they took five years of my life, but I won't let them take any more years of my life because I'm moving forward in victory and freedom. You get to choose. You get to choose. See, the choices we make carry us to the paths that we take. And we have to make a choice every single day, multiple times a day, regarding what we'll choose. Today we're, we're concluding this series called Her Name is Wisdom. And um, throughout this series, we've been getting acquainted with wisdom. Now, King Solomon, the wisest man in the whole world, wrote a bunch of Proverbs, these wise sayings. He wrote his wisdom down for us to have. And throughout the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, we see that King Solomon personifies wisdom as this woman. And he's convinced that if you and I would get wisdom, then we would live the life we've always longed for. The way he says it is this, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom right? The, the beginning of, uh, the, though it costs you everything, he says, get understanding. Somebody say, get it. get it. Get it. That's what he says. When it comes to wisdom, do whatever you got to do to get it. Get close to this woman. Get to know her. Get acquainted with her and live by her ways. And it'll lead you to the life you long to live. And so all throughout Proverbs, over the past three weeks, we've been getting acquainted with this woman named Wisdom. But today I want to introduce you to another lady, See, wisdom, as we see in Proverbs chapter 1, she cries out for everyone to hear. But there's another lady who cries out as well. And this is a woman that we want to stay away from. This is a woman that we want to intentionally ignore. And we find this lady in Proverbs chapter 9. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Proverbs chapter 9. We'll have the words for on the screen as well. But Proverbs chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 1. Proverbs 9 one. And before I read this passage, I just want to give you the title for my sermon so you can write it down. Uh, the title for my sermon today is Two Ladies, One Choice. Two ladies, 
one choice. There are two ladies calling after you, and you have to make one choice. You can't have both of them. Which one will you choose? Two ladies, one choice. Wisdom has built her house, Proverbs 9.1, and she has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and fixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. So those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Watch this. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. I love Proverbs 9.8 because this is God's ancient way of saying haters going to hate. Right? This is, this is God saying, he said, look, don't, don't correct mockers because they're going to hate you. Sometimes somebody's coming against you and you just think, well, I can help them. I can help them understand. They just need some insight. They just need whatever. But then you try and, but, but then they hate you even more. And so sometimes you just need to say, nope, not even responding not even answering the critics, because I'm doing something. I'm moving on. I'm trying to build something over here. If you want to stand over there and critique what I'm doing, fine, but I ain't got time to listen to you. I'm going to move right on. Don't you know that there are going to be people who oppose you? Sometimes it's because they don't understand you, but sometimes it's because they're jealous of you. And sometimes, 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 let me talk to you. Sometimes you're jealous of someone else. But could it be that God has put that person in your life to inspire you, to challenge you, to learn from them? And sometimes the very people God puts in our life so that we can learn from them, we end up critiquing them. God said, I didn't put them in your life so you could critique them. I put them in your life so you could learn from them, so you can become like them. I gave them to you. Not to criticize, but to learn. That's just why as a church, we're known for what we're for and not what we're against. We're not going to criticize. Because the thing is, I don't know what you know. I think I know, but I don't. I knew everything until I became a leader. I knew, I knew everything about how a church should go until I started leading one. Right? I knew everything about parenting until I had kids. Right? See, sometimes the things we critique is because we're critiquing in, in, in ignorance. We don't know. Because you don't sit in the seat that your boss sits in. You don't know the pressures he faces. You don't know the decisions that are going through his mind. You don't understand because you're not in that seat. So, hey, before you hate, step back and appreciate. <laughs> Woo! Y'all are not writing this down. Anyway, so Proverbs 8, 9. Don't rebuke mockers. They'll hate you. Rebuke the wise and they'll love you. You know why they'll love you is because they're humble and they'll listen. And they want to take instruction. They want to heed wisdom. Verse 9. Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For the wisdom... For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. And she sits at the door of her house 
on a seat at the highest point in the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. And so what we have in Proverbs chapter 9 is we're introduced to another woman named Folly. So we have two ladies here. We have wisdom and we have folly. And what we find is that wisdom sits outside of her house, sits outside of her door, and she's prepared a banquet inside, and she invites all who would come to come in and dine with her. And folly also sits outside the door of her house, but it doesn't say she prepared a banquet. And she says, come on in. Stolen food is great to eat. So come on in. We see that, that wisdom sits in front of her door and she invites people to come in and dine with her, whereas Folly sits out in front of her door and she invites people to come in and die with her. But we don't know that till we walk through the door. So we see these two ladies calling out. And the question is, which will we choose? Who will we listen to? Will we listen to wisdom and go in and partake? Or, or will we listen to folly and go in and find our destruction? Who will we listen to? We have choices, 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 choices. And, and you and I have, have made these choices in our life, and they've led us to where we are now. You can just look back and, and recognize some of the times that you chose folly and some of the times that you chose wisdom. See, every time we choose wisdom, it leads to life. But every time we choose folly, it leads to death. And you are a witness of that. You've experienced that, right? Because wisdom said you shouldn't date that girl because she's not a Christian. You are, but she isn't. And the problem with you dating her is you're following Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, he's going to lead you somewhere. She's not following Jesus, so she's going to stay right where she is. Well, if you're following Jesus, he's leading you somewhere. She's back there. You're in two different places. No wonder you don't connect. No wonder you have problems in your marriage. No wonder you have problems in your dating relationship. That's what wisdom says. But folly says, but she's cute. Maybe. Maybe you can, maybe she'll become a Christian if you date her. That's a good idea. Take her out. Date her. Kiss her on the face. And she'll become a Christian just like you. And you bought into it. You walked right through the door. And instead of you bringing her around to Jesus, you fell away from your faith. And you don't even come to church anymore. See, I can say that because those people aren't here right now. They're watching online. No, 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 no. But, but wisdom and folly, which will you choose? See, when we choose wisdom, it leads to life. When we choose folly, it leads to death. You and I, we, we experience this. We, we, we see this in our life all the time. See, wisdom says treat college like it's actually school. Apply yourself. Chase after it to chase your dreams. Folly says come party with me. Enjoy the college life. And what happens is when you choose to party with folly, you compromise your integrity, you compromise your character, you compromise your purity, and then you get kicked out of school or you leave school with all sorts of regrets, and then you end up at church talking about, I need to come back to God. I used to go to church, but then I went to college. And I walked through the door of folly. And listen, if you're here today, I'm so grateful you're here. 
Because we started this church for people just like you. We started this church for broken people because each and every one of us is broken. None of us have it all together and we all have a past. And so I don't want you to feel ashamed of your past. I want you to know God can work in your past and use your past to do something great in your future. So I'm honored that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. I'm just trying to help us understand we've all experienced this. There have been times in our life where we've chosen wisdom and, we, and things worked out well for us, but most of the time we choose folly. She just seems a little sexier than wisdom. But every time we choose folly, it leads to death. There was a time where you needed a car. And so you went and you took out a $20,000 loan for a brand new car. Forget the fact that wisdom says in the Proverbs that the borrower is slave to the lender, so you signed yourself up for slavery, and forget the fact that a brand new car loses 20% of its value in the first year, and forget the fact that you make $40,000 a year, so you bought a car for half your take-home pay, and now you're living payment to payment, but Folly said it has a good warranty. I mean... Bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty, drive engine's covered. Is that, is that what it's called, a drive engine? Drive train? You know, it's close. Had the word drive in it. But wisdom says, no, 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 go a different way. But, but when we go folly, then we, then we live our life payment to payment. When we choose folly, it always ends in destruction. That's just what's behind her door is destruction. It leads you to a life you don't want to live. But again, the choices we make carry us to the paths we take. And so it was your choice. It's up to you. Will you listen to wisdom or will you listen to folly? See, when you listen to wisdom and there's this there's this, this constant theme all throughout the scriptures about making a choice, this or that. When you listen to wisdom, she'll lead you to where you want to be. Because the reports were due and your, and your department was encouraging you to pad the numbers on the report so that your department looked better than it did. But you said, I'm not going to compromise my integrity because I'm choosing wisdom. And you made the report like it really was. And so, sure, your department didn't look good, but the other department that padded the numbers that compromised their integrity, now they're go undergoing an investigation because that's what folly does. Aren't you glad you chose the way of wisdom and didn't compromise your integrity? See, when we choose wisdom, it always leads to life. There was that time where your friends were gossiping and slandering about somebody and you were there and you summed up all your courage and you said, I'm not listening to folly. I'm going to go the way of wisdom. And this is not right to talk about other people. So I'm going to stand up and say, I'm not going to put up with it. Oh, we're talking about John. I have John's number. Let's call him right now. Tell him what you're saying. That's what wisdom does, right? Wisdom. Wisdom is the time when you get into that argument with your wife. And you remembered what James said in James 1.9, when he said, or 1.19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And you said, okay, I'm actually going to do what James says. And so I am going to be slow to speak, quick to listen. And your wife laid out all this, and you just said, yeah, baby, I hear you. I'm listening. So what you're telling me is, and how you feel is, and what you'd like for me to do is. So rather than jumping back and, and, and fighting back with her and blowing up like you normally do, you said, this time I'm going to listen to wisdom and do what wisdom says. And I want to let you know that when you choose wisdom, it always leads you to a place that you want to be. Because when you do what James says in James 1.19, you'll find that you're going to be in a place that you want to be that night. I'm gonna... So... I'm married. It's okay. I can talk about that stuff. 
So when we listen to wisdom, it leads us to where we want to be. When we do what God tells us to do, it leads us to where we want to be. But when we choose folly, it leads to death and destruction. The, the, the choices we make carry us to the paths we take. And so which will you choose? Wisdom or folly? You know, typically I don't like making either or choices. I think, I think sometimes we have dumb dichotomies that we set up uh, in front of us. And um, sometimes we choose when we don't have to. And so an example would be when it comes to sin in someone's life, what do you give them? Do you give them truth or grace? Yes. Wait, wait, which is it? Is it truth or grace? Yes, exactly. Wait, so truth or, no, no, truth and grace. You give, yes, you give both and. It's not either or, it's both and. See, sometimes we, we feel like we got to choose between one or the other. Uh, are you left wing or are you right wing? Uh, I'm left wing and right wing and leg and thigh and breast because the whole chicken tastes good when you put it on a spit and put it in a rotisserie. It's even better when you throw it in a fryer. Let me get some KFC original. Anyway, now if we're talking about, oh, oh, you meant, you meant politics. Am I left wing or right wing? Well, I just care about the whole bird. And uh, I think we need to care about the whole bird because this eagle seems a bit unhealthy at times. And so let's not worry about left or right. Let's see what's, what's best. See, see, sometimes we feel like we got to make a choice between a dumb dichotomy, this or that. But the truth is, sometimes the answer is yes, it's both and. Except for in this instance. Because in this instance, you can't have both ladies. In this instance, it's either wisdom or folly, and you have to choose. And it's not always big decisions. It's little decisions, daily decisions we have to make. Will we walk the way of wisdom, or will we walk the way of folly? You know, we see this theme all throughout the scriptures, this, this theme of choosing between wisdom and folly, but sometimes it's called something different. Like in the, in the book of Galatians, Paul is writing to the church of Galatia, and uh, he actually says, you need to choose between uh, God's spirit, living in the spirit of God, or living in the flesh, living in your sinful nature. Here's, here's how he says it to the people in Galatia. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's two things at war with you. There's, there's, there's the spirit of God, or there's the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're opposites. You can't have both. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can choose the path of destruction if you'd like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What he's saying is it's your choice. You can choose Spirit or you can choose flesh, but you can't choose both. It's one or the other. Which will you choose? And I think, I think maybe one of the reasons why we don't always see the power of God manifest in our life is because we're living uh, like this. Like, like we're going to both doors. 
Like, like we're, 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 we're like, what's up, Wisdom? How you doing, girl? All right, cool. Peace. And then we come over here. Hey, Folly. What's your... Not in every area of our life, but there's that area. God's saying, hey, give it to me. Give it to me. Hand it over to me. And you're like, but, but I like Folly over here. She treats me nice in this area. Right? We, it, it's either or. You can't. As long as you visit both, you'll never experience the fullness of what God has for you. And so it's either or, wisdom or folly, spirit or flesh. There's another time uh, where, where Paul writes to the Roman church and, and he gives this same kind of understanding. And, and I guess the way that you could say this is um, kingdom mindset versus culture mindset. Will you live kingdom or will you live culture? Here's, here's what he says in Romans 12:1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, culture. You can conform to the pattern of this world, culture. I don't want you to do that, but instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so I have the choice on a daily basis to choose, will I live kingdom or will I live culture? And there's a difference. Because culture says, how much am I going to get paid for this? Culture says, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Kingdom says, pour yourself out and serve others because living out your calling is more important than cash. Culture or kingdom, which will you live? Culture says, living together before you get married is a good thing because here's the thing, you would never buy a car without test driving it, right? That's culture. Kingdom says, she's not a car. Woo! I thought that was better than you responded. Is kingdom or culture. Culture says, I'll make time for God when I have time. Kingdom says, God is the maker of the heavens and the earth, and he gives me the time that I have. So all of my time is God's time, and I will make time for everything else after putting God first. Kingdom or culture. Culture says, dear God, it's Monday. Thank God it's Friday. Kingdom says, Thank God for today, no matter what the day is, because this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what the calendar says. It's a new opportunity. It's a fresh start. Kingdom or culture? Culture says, your wife isn't cutting it. Marriage is feeling empty. Go get another one. Kingdom says, I didn't commit to a marriage. I committed to a person. And I'm going to love this person in front of me. I'm going to pour myself out for them. I'm going to serve them, not for the sake of my marriage, but for the sake of them, because I love them. And that's what the covenant is for. Kingdom or culture? Culture says, chase the job that pays the most. Kingdom says, do the job that fulfills you. Culture says, do whatever it takes to make you happy. Kingdom says, life isn't about you. Doesn't matter if you're happy or not. But it matters if you're serving God's purpose and will. And as you serve his purpose and will, you'll find fulfillment in your life, which will bring the happiness you seek. Kingdom or culture, you got to make a choice. Wisdom or folly? God's way or my way? 
Spirit or flesh? Kingdom or culture? You and I are forced to make a choice every single day. And the choices we make carry us to the paths we take. And those paths will either lead us to life or to death. We see this all throughout the scriptures. And you know, I think my favorite instance of this is that actual choice of life or death. See, there was this time that Moses uh, led the nation of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. They were slaves for years. And he led this entire nation out of Egypt. And God said, I got a promised land for you. I got a place that I'm going to give you. This is going to be a land that's good because God always gives us good. Even if it doesn't seem good, it is good. Who I'm not going, I'm not going to, mm, I could go into that. That's a sermon there. Even though it doesn't seem good, it is good. Because you can learn something through the storm. You emerge stronger from the trial. So if something bad is facing you, if your life sucked this week, look at it and say, good, good. Because I can learn. I'm going to emerge stronger. I'm going to get better. But God said to the nation of Israel, I'm going to bring you into a good land. And it's going to be your land. This land is your land. This, he said, I'm going to bring you into a land, and it's going to be a good land. But when you enter into it, I don't want you to forget me. Remember where it came from. Remember who gave it to you. And you have the choice to remember or forget. And here's how Moses presented it to the people of Israel just before they enter into this land. Moses is about to die. He knows this is the end of his time. And he passes on this choice to the nation of Israel. He sits, he sits in front of them like Morpheus did to Neo. He stands before them like Mikey did to the Goonies. He sits at the door of wisdom and says, come on in and dine. Listen to what I'm saying. He offers them a choice and here's what he says. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess. So you got a choice, life or death. If you choose life, if you choose to follow God, it'll lead to blessing. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, the God of self, the God of money, the God of my own kingdom, the God of my own insecurities. If you're drawn away by other gods and you worship them, I declare to you to this day that you will certainly be destroyed and you will not live in the long, long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. And so this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to them. He says to the nation of Israel, you got two choices. You got life or you got death. Which will you choose? And I want to say to you today, you have a choice to make. Wisdom is crying out. Folly is crying out. Who will you choose? Will you choose wisdom? Or will you choose folly? Will you choose spirit? Or will you choose flesh? Will you choose kingdom? 
or will you choose culture? Will you choose life or will you choose death? Which one are you going to choose? I don't know about you, but I'm choosing life. I'm choosing life. She said, I set up a banquet for you to enjoy. And it's good in here. It's a pot roast. Gravy. Sweet potatoes. Nope. Not even going there. I choose before you, I said before you, life and death, which will you choose? Which will you choose? Will you choose life in your marriage or death? Will you choose life in your relationships or death? Will you choose life with your kids or death? What will you choose? Will you choose life in your integrity and your character or death? Which will you choose? The choice is yours today. And the choices you take, the choices you make will carry you to the paths you take. You're here today because of the choices you've made. Some of them you regret, some of them you're proud of. But I want to ask you about the biggest choice you could ever make. And that's the choice to accept Jesus and say yes to him. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. The choice is staring you right in the face. If you want to find life, it's found only in Jesus. And if you've never made the decision and to not decide is to decide. If you've never made the decision to say yes to Jesus, to say, I believe that you died for me on the cross, that you rose again from the dead, and I want to give you my life. I want to follow you. I want to go down the path that you've set before me. I want to make you the leader of my life. And I want to begin my journey in baptism, being immersed into you. If you've never made that decision, I want to invite you today to choose life. It's the best choice you'll ever make. When you came in, you received a, a note card and connected to that is the connect card. And at the bottom of that small perforated connect card, there's a box that says, I want to accept Christ as my savior and be baptized. If you've never made that decision, would you mark that box, fill out that card, drop it off at the black tables. We've got some people there who would love to talk to you about that decision. Because you can choose wisdom in your relationships, choose wisdom with your kids, choose wisdom in your character and integrity, and it'll work because that's what wisdom does. But if you don't choose life in the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, setting your life on a firm foundation with a relationship with Jesus, then all of it is for nothing. So I set before you life and death today. Choose life. Choose life. In a moment, members from our VIP team are going to come down and they're going to pass out trays. And in those trays are stacks of cups. We're going to observe communion, and what communion is, is it's time where we remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross. As those trays pass, I want to invite you to take a stack of cups. The bottom cup has some bread. It reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken for us. The top cup has some juice, and it reminds us of his blood that was shed for us. At any time as our band plays in the background, I want to invite you to take communion and remember the sacrifice Jesus made for you, that he gave his life so that you could have life. And if you haven't chosen to live in that life, maybe this is the time where you finally decide. Would you pray with me? God, I want to thank you so much that we get to choose our own story. 
today we've come to a point in the book where we have to decide life or death. I pray that we would choose wisely and choose life today. Some of us have said yes to you and become Christians, but we haven't been living the life you've called us to. I pray that today is a day where we say no more. I refuse to visit Folly's house because it only leads to death. Let today be the day that we rise up and say, I will choose wisdom. I will live by your spirit. I will live kingdom kind of lives. I, I will live kingdom and I will choose life. God, thank you for the decisions that we've made and the decisions that we get to make. Our decisions have led us to where we are now and we can move forward in wisdom by deciding to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray you were inspired and encouraged by today's message. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, sign up to serve on a team, join a group, or just find out more information on The Rising, visit us at wearetherising.com.